Good Sunday morning. This is Mike Sarig, the voice of Vital Ministries, and it's good to be with you in this new January 2023. What an incredible new year to look forward to, isn't it, folks? I'm excited about this year. Looking forward to seeing how God is going to work, make some changes, and do some incredible things, not only throughout our country, but also, too, in a deeper level within ourselves itself. But before we jump in this morning, I just got a few things, um, housekeeping things for better words of saying that we've got coming up. Our next Vital Men are starting next week. We'll be starting on January 10th. Well, you have to go to the vitalministries.org website. Check it out. Find out the locations. We are in uh, Ottumwa. We are in Oskaloosa, New Sharon, and Knoxville. And you can come and check that out and see the nearest dates of when you can come and be, participate right here in Oskaloosa. We'll be starting on January 10th. And then in uh, up in New Sharon, we will be starting on January 11th. Both of those times started at the beginning of, of 6.30 p.m. We'll be studying 2 Samuel, David the King. We're looking forward to that teaching. And who does not like learning about King David and all the things that he's done in his life. So I encourage you, Vital Men, we will be doing that and getting started. Now, normally, we would be heading into our next Philo gathering here, actually, this coming next Sunday, this coming, uh, actually, this Sunday, today. And what we're doing with that, just so everyone knows, we are taking a break with Philo gathering at this point. And the reason why, due to the fact, many of you know that I have been getting, a, I got my left knee replaced. Things are going good. I'm I'm recovering. I wish it was faster at a faster pace, but it, there is a recovery time that takes time, and I'm realizing that. And also, too, I'll be getting my other knee done in March. So with that being said, it has created some complications with that. And just trying to balance my schedule in the proper ways and, and knowing what I can do and what I can't do. So just letting everyone know Vital Gathering is on hold for now. We'll be praying and discerning as we look forward to the days ahead of the direction of what God has us going in that as well. So listen to KBOE 104.9 on your radio and also do go to Vital Gathering, uh, excuse me, go to vitalministries.org and check out the possibility of those new dates. And as always, we will have our Vital Men's Warrior Breakfast the first Saturday of every Sunday. And again, we're starting to new. It's, uh, if you didn't make it yesterday, I'm sorry that you didn't. Our new time, we're moving it to 8 o'clock to hopefully... Uh, uh, create some more daylight time and also to just maybe a, a better advantage for guys with their sons bringing those young men. What a great time of fellowship that is as men at the Warrior Breakfast, the first Sunday of every month at Lighthouse Church at 8 o'clock in the morning. And we serve a manly breakfast and also too, we will serve a manly teaching. You don't want to miss out on that as well. So just some really good stuff as we look into 2023. And also too, as always, like any ministry, uh, we need help financially and donations. So if that's something that the Lord has pressed upon you and the Holy Spirit speaking, we would love for you to help us out with that. It takes money to be on the air and do the things that we do. So again, I would appreciate anything that any of you folks would help us out with that and would greatly appreciate that. M many of you today are probably traveling down the highway. You've turned on a KBOE 104.9 FM on your radio and you're tuned in to Vital Ministries. We are glad that you are with us today. Be safe as you travel down the highway and especially watch out for deer because man those things come out quick and fast and they're still on the move as we see so much so just be careful out there on these highways we've been very blessed with a somewhat of a mild winter uh who would believe that a few weeks ago we we literally moved from uh 45 below windshield and we're up to almost 60 degrees almost a 100 degree temperature change 
but just amazing. But we live in Iowa, and that's how Iowans understand it. Also, too, those of you who are heading for church today, be careful on your way. And also, too, go with the expectation of the Lord has for you and how the Holy Spirit is going to speak. And those of you that are stay at home, you're in your shop, you're out in your office, you're in your truck, doing whatever you might be doing, I want to thank you so much for being part of Vital Ministries and listening and being with us today. So with that being said, we'll jump in again. I spoke. It's another new year. And a lot of people, I believe, are hopeful for this next year. I'm currently finishing a, um, a home uh, uh, for a couple who have had a, had a dream of building their home since 2020. We made plans to start before COVID hit. And they were reluctant in the beginning because they wanted to wait. The dream was held until due time. But let's fast forward to 2022, and it was time to start. And obviously, prices to build jumped significantly, and they had to take on those added costs. For them, though, the dream of building a home is, as we're going to do our new teaching series, This is Living, which is our teaching series that we're going to do for the next six weeks out of the book of Galatians. Notice when I talked about their home, I said home and not house. That's what sets us apart, I believe, from different companies, builders, is that we build homes, not houses, and we partner with the homeowner to build their home of a dream. And we're excited to be able to do that. But today, we're going to go into the book of Galatians, written by the Apostle Paul. And I believe we, we go, we'll go into depth to understand what the meaning is behind this is living. It's not about our material possessions in which we gather in a lifetime, but the depth of Christ in our hearts that creates change and we experience the true joy and true happiness in the life in which we live. Now, I think that in itself is living, and that's exciting, and see the changes that can possibly happen. But let's get a quick overview this morning of what Paul wanted the Church of Galatia to understand. Much like the time then, as it is today, that Paul lived in, like it is for us, the world is filled with trouble and was becoming more more difficult to find the good news of the gospel. Not the, the news on the TV, but the good news of Jesus Christ, our Savior who lived and died on a cross for our sins and was raised from the dead three days later. Paul continues to point out the importance of what it means about Jesus, and he literally mentions Jesus' names in the book of Galatians 45 times. So that tells us it's essential and it was important to Paul and it should be important to us. It was central. It was a central theme. The good news of salvation through our faith in Jesus Christ. See, Paul's life was changed because of the message we see Paul first showing up in the Bible in Acts chapter 8. Starting with verse 1, being a witness to the death of Stephen, he agreed that Stephen should be stoned because he was a zealous Pharisee. Paul went after the church and caused many Christians to be imprisoned, and some even to eventually die. Then Paul had his Damascus Road experience in Acts chapter 9, and he meets Jesus face to face on the road, in the cloud. He was forever changed by that experience, and he wrote it in this letter because false teachers were now invading the church of Galatia. Like there are false teachings that we're seeing today in our churches and creating a different gospel message. Now, it's important today, like it was in the time of Paul, for believers to be a part of 
and to understand the importance of sound doctrine, meaning reading the Bible and believing that it was written to, that it was the written word of God himself of the inspiration and believing what the Bible says to be true and stand by it. That they are spirit that we it's essential for us to be a part of spirit-filled churches and have pastors who read and teach the Bible itself to be true. From Genesis all the way through Revelation, not picking out parts of the Bible that they believe aren't relevant today, or even believing that Jesus truly wasn't the Son of God. I hope all of us, all of you hear the words that I'm that I'm that who are listening to me this morning and believe what is being spoken, that is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit himself. So let's get started this morning with our new teaching series, This is Living, and let's dive in this morning to what I believe is going to be an incredible teaching for us and something of an inspiration, and we'll all be challenged by what we're going to hear this morning. So if you're home and you're taking down points, I want you to open up your Bibles to Galatians chapter 1. Point number one for us this morning is liberty in Christ. I'm going to start reading the first five verses out of the Bible, and then we'll dig in to see what it all means. It says this in verse 1, This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned it in order to rescue us from the evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Now, right off the bat, we notice this is a different entry that Paul does. He gets he gets to the quick of it really fast. See, Paul was setting the table of who he was. Notice that in the very beginning. That he truly was an apostle, a church planter, who was given authority not by men, but by Jesus himself. He did this because he wasn't part of the original 12 disciples who followed Christ and with the exception of, of Judas were eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus himself. But Paul met Jesus face to face on the road to Damascus. And again, you can go and read that in Acts chapter 9. But Paul met Jesus face to face and it was as simple and was forever changed. He was commissioned, just like the disciples, given authority by Jesus to spread the good news of the gospel. Now that it's essential, because he's given us authority. He is telling us his authority doesn't come from himself. His authority did not come from the disciples. But the authority that he was given, the commissioning, literally came by Jesus himself. In verses 4 and, Paul, 4 and 5, Paul wanted the church to know that there was liberty in Christ, that they were no longer slaves to sin. They could walk in freedom and not in bondage in their sin. Now, folks, this is essential because even today, many Christians fail to live in their freedoms from Christ and walk in bondage of their past. I'm going to say that again. Many Christians today fail to live in the freedoms in Christ Instead, walk in bondage of their past. This isn't living, folks. This is walking in your death of being a part of your past. And I don't believe for a minute that is the intention of what Jesus wanted or the power of the Holy Spirit that delivers us from the bondage of that sin in which the enemy creates. But before COVID, I preached in the Newton prison for about 10 years. I saw and witnessed the bondage of incarcerated men. They now had to physically pay their debt to society. 
Some of them you could see lost hopes literally in their eyes. That no one loved them or simply cared about them. They were simply put away to pay debt. To be honest, that's the call that Jesus placed on me. Mike, this is what I want you to do when you go into prison. Now, I'm, I'm making these words a little bit longer, but this is how the Holy Spirit moved me to the reason why I spent almost 10 years in the Newton prison. Mike, love them like I do. Let them know the good news of the gospel. Have them ask me to come into their hearts that they can truly be free men. All they have to do is pay their debt to man, but let me give them grace and be free men. Man, they can and and will receive my peace. Now that's essential because a lot of times I see many people who are walking around free are in more bondage than the incarcerated men that I saw in the Newton prison. Now oftentimes every Sunday morning, once a month, I would go to Newton and I would preach the gospel message. There was not one Sunday that did not go by where one man would raise his hand and accept Jesus Christ as a Savior. Now, it took years for me to have authority and also, too, to say such words as I'm about to share with you this morning. I would look at them and say, wasn't it worth it in order for you to come to know Christ, to come to prison in order to find him? Wasn't it worth it? Man, I tell you what, you could see their eyes and then tears would run down their faces. Many would say yes. Because they would have continued in their sin life on the outside world, but on the inside is where Jesus came and met them at their need. Now, I'm thankful that all of us don't have to come to that place in order to be incarcerated and come to know Jesus Christ. But I see more people today in bondage, men and women, in greater bondage of things that are being held by them by what they what the enemy speaks into their heart than I see when I was in the prison in Newton Correctional Facilities. And I think that's important for us because, folks, we are called to walk in liberty and freedom in Christ himself. And that's what Paul was wanting us to, to learn. There's freedom in walking with Jesus. But let's continue. Point number two this morning is the failure of religion. Now we're going to continue in Galatians. I'm going to read the uh, verses 6 and 7, and this is important. Now these are words that Paul speaks. He says this, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. But is it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately tw twist the truth concerning Christ. See, now this is important. I want you to get a glimpse of how Paul it's it's urgent. This he doesn't he doesn't go with all the if you look into the other letters that are written, he opens up and it's and he gives this ebb and flow, but he gets to the point in Galatia. He is he is on task. He, he is shocked. He can't believe what he is hearing in that short amount of time. That they were trading relationship with Christ as to the religion of men. Now remember. Paul was a church planter, and he planted the church at Galatia. He was the one who got it started. They were trading relationship with Christ as to the religion of men. See, religion destroys the church that people attend. They hurt those who are looking in, and in general, people hate religion. Why? 
because it creates bondage and makes you feel like you always have to measure up. Am I not speaking the truth this morning? That's what religion does. Now, Jesus didn't come to uh, get rid of the law. He came to finish the law because everything about the law that was written, what I mean about that is the Old Testament, he came to fulfill it. He fulfilled it, the law. And so the bondage of, of the law and legalism would be no longer and that, that, that now we would have a season of grace. See, for a long time, I went to a church that said, sanctification makes you free of sin. That I would go to the altar many times asking Jesus to sanctify me. That it would be a one-time, single-moment thing only to get out and the next day and mess up and sin. Man, I struggled with that. But see, I believe for the longest time that God had a whiteboard with a marker in one hand and an eraser in the other. I lived in bondage, never feeling that I could just do enough to make the cut. I don't know. I'm sure many people out this morning are hearing what I'm saying and would probably be shaking their, their heads, yes, I get it. See, that was the bondage of religion I was that I was living under in my life. There was no grace in the religion. You see, sanctification is a process of time, and that's a whole new teaching of itself. I believe sanctification is a daily process, and we won't be fully sanctified until we are with Christ. That is what I believe. I believe it is a process. I do not believe it's a one-time thing of going to the altar, and, and instantly, when you walk up, walk from that altar that you no longer sin. I'm sorry. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. That, in a way, was what the Paul was trying to talk about. Religion and rules had crept into the church of Galatia. The Jewish leaders were trying to put upon the Gentiles their ways, their laws, their religion. See, folks, there is no freedom in that kind of living. I noticed a great deal of religion while I visited in the nation of Israel itself. Men walking aware. Men and women walking around wearing black clothing and black hats. That it was actually, it looked like a funeral procession every day of the week. When they read their Bibles to the Torah, they would move back and forth and try to memorize the law and just would kind of go back and forth in the movement. If I could do that, going back and forth, back and forth. I was reading and trying to memorization. And I, and I just thought this was odd. Why are they doing this? Then they would not carry, they literally, majority of them would not carry a conversation with you. And oftentimes, not all, but some were, what I would say, simply ruled, rude. And by the way, all the food that they ate had to be kosher. I could see no freedom in the law. All I could see was, was bondage of law, rules, and religion. That they had to measure up, that they had to do this in order to be made right with God. See, even today, churches, some churches today bear, bear um, a base your relationship with God to how much you do. All work-based, leaving no grace. I have to go to church every week. Sit at the proper location. Be confirmed by faith. Member of the local church. But don't live a life that resembles Christ the rest of the week. They still get me into the does that still get me into the kingdom of heaven? What I read in my Bible, that is simply works, and that is not grace by faith. 
We're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth this morning. But we don't allow space for a person who isn't a believer in our churches. Only certain people can attend and have the certain criteria. See, folks, this, what I would say, is a religion-based church and not a relationship with Christ. And there is no, this is living that I believe that is that is operating. And I don't believe at all that's what the church is about. See, Paul saw there that the church was following a different direction as to the, the following the good news of the Bible. That God so loved this incredible wicked world that he sent his son Jesus to die for our sins. That his blood that was put on the cross from his body covered our sins and through the resurrection tells us everyone that Jesus built, beat death and we will do the same some, someday those who abide and live for Christ himself. Church isn't a place of for religion, but a hospital for the broken. I'm going to say that again. Church shouldn't be a place of religion, but a hospital for the broken. Can we see people who are different than us and see and love them like Jesus? See, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to deliver, to deliver it from the sin of it. And I think that's important for us as the church to get a glimpse, to get a glimpse of what Paul is trying to say, that we don't walk into bondage of sin or the bondage of religion, but that we can truly walk into freedom of Christ, and that becomes in our life, this is living. Which brings me to point number three. Sometimes you have to expose the enemy. Let's continue, starting with verse eight. Paul says, let's get, let let God curse, curse fall on anyone, including us, or even the angels from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the, the one we preach to you. I say again, what we have said before, if anyone preaches any other good news than the one you're, you're welcomed, let that person be cursed. Strong words, aren't they, folks? Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. See, after Paul talks about his anxiousness and how people are leaving the good news to false teaching, he then exposes the enemy of the church. They were, at that time, during Paul's time, the Judaizers. They preached the false gospel. You see, the Judaizers accused Paul of false motives. They accused him of being a compromiser, adjusting the gospel to fit the Gentiles. They said when Paul was a Jew, he lived as one. But when he was a Gentile, he started acting like a Gentile. That he was a man-pleaser. The truth was, the Judaizers were the man-pleasers, and they were really deflecting what was going inside of them. And I think it's important to, to hear that word again, deflecting. We've all met people who deflect on us. What is going on inside of them that they try to deflect upon you? A lot of what I see people that deal with addictions are very are very bad about this. They try to deflect what is going on inside of them onto the other person because you are the cause of the reason why I have the addiction as a simply owning of what is going inside of them themselves. They get what I call a victim attitude in which I never catch a break and everyone is against me. We've been around people like that. I like it how Paul doesn't tiptoe around the real issues. No, he goes after the problem and confronts it. Paul actually takes three steps towards engaging the enemy. I want to hit upon these really quick this morning because I know we're pushing for time. Number one, first of all, Paul explained his authority. 
He was commissioned not by men, but by Christ himself. This is good for all of us when the enemy comes knocking at our door and accuses us falsely. You have to know who you are in Christ, that you are a son or a daughter of the living God. Too often we listen to the voice of our arch enemy, the devil, and he tries to tell you who you aren't as to Christ telling you who you are, that you are truly a new creation in him. The enemy wants you to keep you decommissioned and to and not be commissioned by Jesus himself. And that what Jesus does for us when we come in new creation to him steps us in the, into the future of what we're called to be. Number two, he explains his stance doctrinally. That sinners are saved by grace and not by works. See, without a doubt, faith and works go hand in hand. It takes both. James 2.14 says this, What God is, what God is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say faith but don't show it by actions? Can that kind of faith save you? That means that faith by what we read in the Bible, we know is true. Then we go by works and live it out. Too often today, people don't read and understand what the Bible says. They'll go and pick and choose what's in it, but don't read the context around it. You have to know who you are in Jesus and read the Bible and not only read it, but you have to live it. The only Bible someone might ever read from you folks would be how your life is. Can they see the Bible by the way that you live? Man, that's important. I'm going to say that again. Do people see the Bible by how you live? I don't know about you. As I read that, I'm as just as challenged as I'm challenging you that my life reflects the Bible itself. Number three, let's keep pushing. Finally, Paul wanted his reader to understand the practical living. Paul wanted us to know that living by grace gave us liberty to live a life of freedom and not bondage. There are lives where two are too concentrated and focusing, but what we need to do is have our lives concentrated and being focused on Jesus himself, that we make Jesus famous. When we live a life, then, folks, this is living. Showing grace in a world that desperately needs it will be one of the ways we'll see revivals and awakenings in our communities. I believe that this won't be in the church, but outside of the church. But if it's essential for the church to come and to come alongside and show the gospel message. That's why, folks, I love being on KBOE. It's not a Christian station. They play country music. I have a better opportunity to sharing the good news of the gospel to a greater audience. And that's why I'm so thankful and so given the opportunity. And don't take it for granted, the opportunity that I'm allowed to speak on KBOE. We're going to hear a whole lot more about the gospel this year. I'm challenged by the things that I've said last year, and we're going to focus on what Jesus said and what the Bible says, and I believe through that we're going to find freedom and liberty, and we're going to change maybe not necessarily the nation as a whole, but we'll change the communities and the places in which we live. We do that, we'll change the face of a country. I believe that with all that's within me, but will you pray with me this morning? Dear Jesus, again, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity that we can read the gospel message that you allowed your servant Paul to, to, to write to the Galatian church. I pray this morning that we know who we are, that we're commissioned by you, that every one of us, that you have a plan and a future for every one of us, that you have called us to, to speak the good news of the gospel because we've heard it in our own hearts. Maybe there's somebody this morning that has not heard the good news. I pray that today that they pray that, that, uh, 
prayer of salvation, that they would simply ask Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of their life, confess their sins, and open arms, ask Jesus into their heart. That is the beginning and the start of the good news, and then we change our life from there. That's the exciting part. I thank you, Jesus, for who you are, the work you did on the cross, and also, too, that you were resurrected from the dead, that you sit now at the right hand of the Father, and we praise you, and we give you all the glory and all the honor, and thank you for giving us grace, Jesus. In your precious holy name, amen. Folks, we're going to continue this series on the book of Galatians. We're going to be here for the next six weeks. I'm excited. Next week, if you want to jump ahead, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 2, and we'll see what the Holy Spirit has for us. This is Mike Serig, the voice of Vital Ministries.